Defended by Simmons. Is this the Tiger? Battleborn Phantom. Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of the Battleborn Argonauts podcast. I'm Joshua Anselmo here from the Battleborn Fan Talk Network, starting an all-new podcast on the best team in the Canadian Football League, your 17-time Grey Cup champions, the Toronto Argonauts. Although the season didn't end the way we hoped, with a tough loss in the East Final to the Hamilton Tiger Cats, 27-19, to the Argos had a very impressive season. I mean, back in 2019, this is a Toronto Argonauts team that finished the year with four wins and 14 losses, and they were second last in the East Division. And then, obviously, COVID hit, so we didn't have a 2020 season. So with an extremely long extended offseason, um, the Toronto Argonauts management and front office found a way to rebuild this team to make it a contender and man, were they competitive this season. Honestly, this was probably the most fun um, I've had since the Argonauts won the championship uh, watching um, you know, Argos football. Um, they had plenty of ups and downs, don't get me wrong, but this team was just so fun to watch and so many great players that were brought in in the offseason, like Sean Oakman and um, you know, uh, seeing the magnificent... Um, you know, breakout season from Curly Giddens Jr. Uh, Curly Giddens Jr. Sorry. Um, so this year the Argonauts went nine five and zero. They finished first in the East with a home record of six and one at BMO Field. Now, believe me, if the last game at BMO Field had more implications to it, uh, the Argonauts would have went undefeated at home. Um, obviously, the starters would have played in that one. That game was pretty much worthless to the team. And they would have had an undefeated record at home. Uh, you know, that's such a big advantage uh, in the CFL. Um, you know, when you have a home crowd um, that gives you an advantage, that impactful to be almost undefeated uh, can do a lot down the run, especially in those playoff games. Uh, you know, when it's winter time and it's good that you have a local fan base that is really supportive and that can really give you that advantage that we see so crucial um, in many playoff games and really gives teams that upper edge. Unfortunately, this year, it wasn't the way we wanted it to go, and the loss to Hamilton was definitely tough to uh, you know, cope with. Um, ruined my day for sure, uh, just, to, just to sum it up. Um, but let's go back to that day. I want to touch up on the altercations that happened after the loss. Um, obviously, I'm sure you guys have seen the videos of Argonauts players uh, getting in fights with the fans. Um, that was, uh, you know, extremely tough to watch. Um, here in the CFL, we have such a privilege <laughs> to get close and upright with the players. You know, um, we're able to give them high fives and get uh, pictures and jerseys signed. And, you know, the fan experience is so awesome and so unique compared to other North American sports. And, um, you know, it's important that when we have these privileges that we stay within our boundaries. And um, it was just awful to see the fans, um, you know, climb barriers. Like that should never be happening. That was so embarrassing to see happen at BMO Field. Like I said, 
um, you know, the home of the Argonauts, the home of a lot of Toronto sport teams. Um, they almost went undefeated at home. And to see the season end like this at BMO Field honestly ripped my heart out because, um, you know, this is a team that, yeah, um, a lot of people expected very much of, and it didn't end the way we wanted, like I've said many times. Um, but still, that is never okay. And, um, you know, when you put a player's, uh, you know, safety in jeopardy like that, then you cannot blame the player or the coaching staff or whoever it may be, um, you know, getting physical. Like, they're defending their own personal life. Um, and that was just uh, disgusting conduct and there needs to be a change with that because we cannot have this moving forward. Not only is that a bad look on the national, on the Canadian Football League, but it's a bad look, um, you know, in terms of growing the game and wanting to seek more attention from the outside. Uh, so as we continue this, um, you know, an embarrassing kind of, you know, dark topic, I want to get the John uh, Murphy situation out of the way. Um, obviously, John Murphy was the vice president of player personnel, and his contract was terminated effective, uh, effective immediately after he was reportedly um, uh, heard using a homophobic slur in an altercation with one of the fans. And, you know, that is so disgusting to hear about. Um, obviously, John Murphy, a guy that was highly regarded uh, in the Argonauts front office, um, using homophobic slurs in this day and age, that is never okay. This is an ongoing problem that we need to take um, a grasp of and change immediately. We cannot keep having this, especially in the CFL. Uh, you know, the CFL did so much on um, awareness and uh, making it heard about how much they support the LGBTQ community. And then we have altercations like this. Um, honestly, I'm really proud of how the Argos handled it. Um, they investigated and they got rid of John Murphy effective immediately, which was good on their part. And I'm glad they stuck to their word. And um, I just hope that we never see this um, moving forward. Obviously, that's impossible. There's still cruel people in the world. But this is awful conduct and really embarrassing uh, to not only the CFL, but to Toronto and Toronto sports as a whole. Um, so I'm glad John Murphy is gone. And um, I hope he learns from his mistake because that is never okay. So now moving on to a little bit more of a brighter topic here on the first ever episode of the Battleborn Argonauts podcast. Um, let's get into Ryan Dinwiddie. Uh, Ryan Dinwiddie, um, rookie head coach this year for the Argonauts. Um, obviously, like I said, with the lengthy offseason, uh, Argos go with Dinwiddie, um, who did, in my opinion, a really good job. And yes, I know a lot of people are pointing out the mistakes he made now uh, at the start of the offseason, and some people are a little harder on him than others, but you know, as a rookie coach, you've got to expect ups and downs, and I'm happy that he made these mistakes so early on in his coaching career so that he can build off this, and I think this team took a massive stride forward um, from, when they, from where they were in 2019. Um, I think now that the pieces we have here, and um, obviously with many players returning uh, to this Argonauts team, uh, there's no reason why this team can't be a competitor going into next season. And with Dinwiddie, um, I'm really hoping he learns a lot from this year. Obviously, he got playoff experience, which is so crucial. We hear everybody talk about is playoff experience, playoff experience, playoff experience. And he really got that this year. So did the players. Like Curly Giddens Jr. also got um, his uh, you know, playoff experience. 
Um, so I'm just so excited to see this team going into next year. Now moving on to another person that I want to bring up uh, in this inaugural episode is Ron, uh, Peter Nicastro, uh, the offensive lineman. He's obviously nominated for uh, the most outstanding rookie, the 23-year-old Canadian, um, was really huge uh, for the offensive line, and he really stepped up. Um, and without him, honestly, um, you know, contributing as much as he did at such a young age, uh, this really helps the Argonauts in terms of building for the future, and I really think he's going to be a nice piece, maybe not an all-star, but a nice, solid piece of the offensive line that we can use moving forward. And it's always good to have a young offensive lineman, um, you know, play well because those guys are, you know, not easy to find, and especially when they're young and they're affordable. And I think this is going to be a really good piece for the Argonauts moving forward, and I can't wait to see Nicastro next season. Um, moving along. Like I said, Curly Gittins Jr., um, probably my favorite offensive player on the season. Um, he really broke out this year. Um, Gittins Jr. got 50 receptions for 605 yards and 226 yards after the catch with four touchdowns. Um, you know, obviously still tons of room to grow. He did have his ups and downs, but this guy really broke out this year and honestly he was so fun to watch even the contested balls he was getting at and uh, even after the catch he was making plays and this is a guy that you want on your team you want him you want to build around and um, especially him being so young as well um, this is a really good piece for the Argonauts moving forward obviously the wide receiver room needs um, fixing going into this offseason um, um, like no wide receiver room is perfect but you know, this is a, a time for the Argonauts to really build around Giddens Jr., get other weapons, but, you know, he was so important for this offense, and honestly, I can't wait to see what happens with him next year. I think he's just going to get better as he grows older, and he's just so fun to watch, and he's a playmaker. He's a baller, and believe me, this guy is going to be a fan favorite for many years to come. All right, now it's time to get to our all-stars on the Toronto Argonauts. Starting off with defensive lineman Sean Oakman. Uh, Sean, in 13 games played, uh, had 35 defensive tackles and six sacks. Um, obviously, Sean was brought over in the offseason, um, a player that was very hyped up uh, for the signing. Honestly, this was my favorite player on the team as a whole this year. Obviously, I'm a defensive fan. I love defense and football. Um, you know, Sean was incredible uh, in the beginning of the year. Obviously, he had a bit of a regression period uh, in the second half. I think more teams started game planning for him and a lot of more uh, double coverage packages, um, you know, for trying to contain Oakman. Uh, but still, really impressive season, and I cannot wait to see what he does in year two. Um, you know, such a big player that uses his power and size um, to beat blocks. Uh, he's going to be so important if this team wants to win another great cup next season. Uh, now off to our second all-star, Chris Edwards, the linebacker, who in 14 games had 37 defensive tackles for three sacks with three interceptions. Uh, Chris was also a very important piece to this defense. Uh, obviously could make a case for a defensive MVP. Um, certainly came up in big moments. Um, you know, just overall a really important player to the team. Uh, obviously, we saw when his presence uh, was missed and, uh, you know, definitely a player that I can't wait to see going into next year. I think he got better as the year went on. Um, and, you know, I really think that 
uh, now that he has like this kind of uh, feel for um, the Argonauts, obviously they, they're probably going to get a new defensive coordinator for next year, which uh, should field many changes, um, obviously. But I feel like now that he's more, um, he's got a year under his belt with the Argonauts, um, I feel like next year he's just going to improve and explode off of this. And I know that's a bold prediction, and I'm not saying anything given age or any of that stuff. I just feel as the year went on, he started to get better in different packages, and um, I cannot wait to see what he brings to the table next season. Obviously, he's one of my favorite players, as you can tell, is how highly I'm speaking about him. And, uh, you know, he's a fantastic footballer and uh, definitely somebody I want on my team. So I hope the Argonauts can keep him as long as possible. Um, now, before we get to the end of this episode, I just want to do a little free agency and roster stuff. Um, Boris Beattie, arguably the MVP of the Argonauts this season, uh, you know, the kicker slash punter. Um, he's a free agent. So I really hope, and I can't say this enough, I really hope the Argonauts do not overthink this and try and go for a, you know, a cheaper option. I don't think they will at all. Don't get me wrong. I have full, complete trust in the front office and management. But just pay Boris whatever he wants. He earned it. Um, he takes up the, not only the kicker role, which he was fantastic at, but he's also a really good punter. So, you know, in a league that... Um, where we prioritize talents like this so much, it's important to keep them. Uh, and, you know, he's such a vital piece to this team. And we saw in the playoff game against Hamilton how he was just, like, solid. And I know he missed a kick in that game, but, you know, he was just so reliable for the whole season. And you never had uh, doubt in your mind when he was going up to kick. And even his punts were extremely serviceable. And he is obviously our special teams player of the year. Um, you know, you can't just find that stuff uh, out in the free agency market. You know, no matter if you're bringing a player over from America or anything, um, you're taking that risk. And I think we found a really good piece in Boris here, and I really hope management uh, pays him because he's going to be a huge part to this team if they want to win a great cup next season. Uh, next up is uh, quarterback McLeod Bethel-Thompson. Uh, McLeod is a free agent as well. Um, obviously, Pipkin is a free agent too, so there's absolutely no quarterbacks on the roster signed. Uh, at the moment so we're going in free agency with the quarterback position available um, this obviously is exciting for people like me who work in the sports media um, because obviously this gives me a chance to you know talk about potential replacements or potential um, outside of the traditional CFL free agent signing so maybe somebody from America who comes down um, obviously there's a couple free agent quarterbacks uh, in the CFL that are going to be available uh, no Caleros is not coming to Toronto so I'm not even going to start about that. But, um, you know, uh, stay tuned down the line. I am going to have a podcast episode and maybe on our YouTube channel as well, a video about potential replacements. Believe me, I'm so excited about that. I've already started working on it, and uh, I think you guys are going to love it. So stay tuned. So um, next up on the free agency list is uh, Henwak Mwamba, the linebacker. Um, you know, just a pro like I can't describe him anyway any other way like I love what he does off the field um, you know obviously his family lives in Toronto so we took the hometown discount um, really important in the run game for the Argonauts obviously we saw when he was out of the lineup how much they missed him uh, the Argonauts uh, had extreme trouble stopping the run and Wamba um, was just that veteran piece um, that believe me if the goal is to win a great cup next year and I know I keep saying this but this is this is what it like we saw. This team is a contender now. So believe me, everything we're going to be talking about is going to be about getting to the Grey Cup and winning the Grey Cup. 
Mwamba is a piece that you need. Um, yes, he's a veteran, and yes, he wants to get into the management roles and stuff like that after, which I love because you can tell he loves the game. I Like I said, I love what he does off the field. I love the player. I love the personality, and I really think that he completes this team, especially defensively, and we really need him And it comes to stopping the run. So I'm, I can't stress this enough. Mwamba to the Argonauts, please bring him back uh, for next season. And the last person on my uh, free agency uh, list here is Dexter McCoyle, uh, senior, the linebacker who had 60 tackles last year for two interceptions and two sacks. Um, you know, he was just a really important piece of the linebacking core. And you uh, really noticed um, towards the end of the year how he got better and better. And uh, maybe the counting stats weren't all there, but he certainly came up with uh, huge plays. And I know maybe the analytics aren't exactly perfect, but the eye test certainly was. And he was, like I said, I told you, I'm a defensive football fan. I love the defensive side. I love learning about defensive coverages and packages and all that stuff. And McCoyle was an extremely valuable piece of this defense. And I think the Argonauts defense was pretty solid this year for the most part. I'm not saying they're perfect, believe me, but I really think if we bring back Dexter and the other guys, like I said, like Mwamba, um, you know, we have a real chance at competing again next year, which is so exciting to talk about, especially uh, in this great city of Toronto. So now before I officially end the podcast, um, obviously the quarterback room, like I said, needs work. So stay tuned for that episode. Again, we're going to do another similar episode to the quarterback room uh, about running backs. We don't have running backs on the Argonauts right now. Like I said, we have a lot of players coming back in terms of defensive backs and defensive line, offensive line. Um, but it's the pieces like QB and uh, running backs that we really need improvements. Also wide receivers, of course. So I will do a running back kind of mini wide receiver episode coming out soon. I know we are in free agency uh, the news is certainly dry around this time, but I promise I will not leave you guys hanging. Uh, so the last two minutes here, I just want to say um, a little bit about the schedule. Um, the schedule when I saw, um, I actually had to look like three or four times because I couldn't believe that I saw the Hamilton Tiger Cats are going to be playing the Toronto Argonauts four times within five weeks. I, I thought that was insane. Um, you know, one, how did the league let this happen? But also, too, I'm excited for that because Toronto hates Hamilton. Hamilton hates Toronto. Um, that's going to be crazy. Uh, that's going to be a crazy, like, four out of the five weeks there. Um, double home and homes. So, obviously, that's going to be a, an intense time. But also, why would the CFL do this in terms of, you know, in terms of people talking about we want to grow the game and then the talk about adding the fourth down to – you know, bring in more fans. Like, people want to see new stuff. It's not, they don't want to see the repetitiveness. And I really didn't like this because a lot of people talk about how, like, the teams, um, you know, there's not enough teams and all this. And you're going to have the Argonauts playing Hamilton four times in five weeks. I think it's just way too repetitive. They should have spaced it out way more. But like I said, it's 50 50. I'm on, like, there's the other side too that I can't wait for this because I know how much Toronto hates Hamilton and how much Hamilton hates Toronto. So I'm so excited for that. Uh, also, there's only one game against Winnipeg this year. Um, this I'm a little disappointed about because um, Winnipeg, obviously, going back-to-back, um, they're clearly the powerhouse of the CFL right now over the last two years, well, three years, including the COVID year. Um, 
and see that they only play uh, the Argonauts once. It's a little uh, annoying. I love seeing the champion against uh, my team, uh, you know, to see how they match up and if they're on the same page. And uh, you never know, maybe a Grey Cup meeting. I would love to see that. I have huge uh, respect for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Congratulations again on the Grey Cup. Um, they're just a great franchise, and they have been so su uh, successful in the recent years. And, um, you know, they have a ton of must-watch players, also a lot of former Argonauts. Uh, so the top half of the schedule looks uh, much heavier than the second half. Like I said, Winnipeg game is obviously like three weeks into the season. Um, so there's the point in the schedule where the Argos can go on a stretch run in the second half and, uh, you know, take hold of first place in the East. Um, like I said, they play the Alouettes twice to end the year. Obviously, uh, you know, Toronto and Montreal is always an anticipated matchup any sport so I can't wait to see those two games to end the year I have a feeling those are going to be massive playoff impl implication games and uh, you know this just makes me really excited for the season I can't wait for next summer um, this podcast is uh, going to be for all Argos Nation Argos fans out there that you know we don't have the luxury of uh, going to multiple sources uh, and websites and all this to get information on our team and to you know get um, talk involving our teams um, but I'm here for you guys. So welcome to the Battleborn Argonauts podcast. Um, I want to thank you guys all for listening. Uh, I can't wait to talk about what's to come. Like I said, we're going to have a QB episode, a running back episode, wide receivers, a little more in depth on the schedule and lots more free agency stuff. So stay tuned. Uh, make sure you check out the Battleborn fan talk Twitter. That is battle and then BRNF talk on Twitter. You can also follow my personal Twitter at j-a-n-s-8 like the number eight l-m-o so j-a-n-s-8 l-m-o that is j and selmo with an eight instead of the e and you can check me out there for all breaking news on all toronto sport teams including the argonauts toronto fc the maple leafs the raptors and your toronto blue jays so that's all for me folks thank you for listening let's go argos